This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. So, the question of the day is, has Doug Ford just made the first big mistake of his campaign? And if so, will it really hurt him? You heard it in Bob's news. Ford was caught on cell phone video telling a group of developers, a special interest group he had a private meeting with, that he would allow development on the Oak Ridges moraine. That's not something he talked about with the rest of us. That's our green belt. Many people care about it. But beyond that is the liberal allegation that Doug Ford is really out to help special interests and rich business people and not the quote-unquote little guy, as he claims. On the other side of the ledger, the board of Hydro One says it will take a look at executive compensation following some prodding from the Liberal government, which is a big shareholder. Now, that's an issue that Doug Ford went big on, and I think the first time the Liberals have taken and run with a conservative idea because they usually take their ideas from the NDP. Want to know what you think, especially on the first part of that? The numbers to call 416 360 toll free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, we go to Stella Ambler, who is a principal with the Earnscliff Strategy Group and a former MP, and Jerry Nichols, a community consultant. Hi, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Same here. Hi, Libby. Hi. Uh, Stella, let's start with you. Uh, Would you call this the first big mistake? Oh, no, not at all. In fact, I think it's, um, I think, frankly, that he's once again speaking, Doug Ford, I mean, is speaking in a way that to an issue that people really care about and are concerned and worried about in a way that you know, they, they understand. So he's saying, you know, um, the PCs are saying, look, we believe in protecting the green belt. Uh, none of that will change. Uh, but we also need more to make housing more affordable, especially in the GTA. Um, so, uh, so what the PCs are saying is that whatever changes are made uh, will be for this, for the much needed housing development. And, but that will also be done in a measured and sustainable way. So um, they're committing that uh, even if changes are made to keep the same amount of protected land, exact, to keep that exactly the same to the square inch and to um, require developers to replace it or offset it by any new protected, newly, you know, with newly protected land. So, um, but if I might say this, you know, interestingly, if you look, back on what's been done with the green belt a lot of people think that you know it's never been changed nothing you know it's it was uh it, it was determined to be this parcel of land x number of years ago and that that's never changed but actually in fact 
there's only one party that's ever actually taken land out of the green belt or made any changes to it, and that's the Liberals. Uh, so the Liberals have already um, done that, uh, taken land uh, of the green belt out for development. And, and sometimes, you know, like in, in the case of... Um, you know, places like there was there was an example in East Gwillimbury, for example, where um, uh, uh, the uh, city or town staff and council passed a resolution objecting to this. They wanted to protect natural heritage features, and uh, and it was still um, it was still done. So the Liberals still changed it. So um, so I, I don't want I don't want folks out there thinking that you know that it's been completely unchanged since the beginning of time. Jerry, what's your take on this? Well, as a general rule of thumb, I always say it's risky for any conservative politician, federally or provincially or municipally or whatever, to talk about environmental issues. Because when they do so, they're kind of straying off their turf. You know, conservatives are strong when they're talking about fiscal issues and jobs and defense and law and order and that kind of stuff. But when they start talking about the environment, they start heading into liberal territory, stuff where the liberals and NDP can talk about. So when, when, when Fork starts talking about the green belt, it's going to put up red flags for people. And I think what the liberals, I don't think, you know, I think it's, it would be a mistake for the liberals to go after Ford and say, aha, he's really an interest to special interest groups, because that's kind of counterintuitive. People think of Doug Ford as kind of a fighting for the little guys. I, I don't think it's, it's, it's a good strategy to say, oh, he's really for the rich, because I don't think people will buy that necessarily. Well, if he's doing things that favor developers... Yeah, uh, but still, it's, still, it's still counterintuitive, Libby, for most people, because he already has that reputation. He already has that image of being a guy you know, for the little guy. So it's hard to attack him on that angle. It's easier, however, to say, you know what? This guy's going to go in there and he's going to chop down trees, Right. They're going to try, the liberals are going to use this to kind of say, you see, you can't trust this guy. Um, he's going to go and start paving over all our, our forests, and he's going to start building, you know, God knows what in these places. That's why we can't trust them. I think this is the way the liberals, at least the, the way I, I would go after Ford in this issue. And I so think, do you I think, think it was a big mistake? a little mistake? bit of vulnerable, vulnerability there. So, Jerry, it, just before we go back to Stella, do you, do you think it was a big mistake? Um, well, I, 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 again, I, I would not advise a conservative politician to talk too much about the environment or the green belt, because I, I think that's off his message. His message should be accountability and jobs and the economy and all that kind of stuff. So I think for him to talk about that, that was a little bit of a strategic error to be so specific. Um, Stella, uh, you're, are you saying that you think it was smart? I mean, we've seen polling that says that for younger people, for millennials, um, the, the cost of housing is a big issue. Well, exactly. Um, I, I actually think he was raising an issue that if he can successfully turn it around uh, to be about affordability and the fact that, you know, the, the Liberals plan has failed this you know, so-called fair housing plan. Um, you know, uh, most people are aware that the liberals tried to do something, uh, but they also know that it really, it hasn't helped, and uh, that prices rebound, like the prices uh, began rebounding sharply this spring, that 
that you know that buyers still need minimum six-figure salaries to qualify uh, for mortgages, uh, and even then, they're just uh, in over their heads. So um, he's identifying, I think, what is an issue of concern, which I think is actually smart. I, I do, Jerry, you do have a point. Uh, anytime a conservative talks about the environment, there's uh, almost there's a hurdle that they have to jump over. I know this. I served on the. Um, Parliamentary Environment Committee for for four years in, in on Parliament Hill and and I can tell you it's it's true uh, that conservatives have a hard time uh, really um, looking like we you know like we care about the environment but you know we we uh, care in the context of the greater economy of what it's like to uh, for a for a person you know with a job to still not be able to afford a home um, especially in the GTA. Uh, and so uh, Doug is actually following type, Doug Ford, uh, by by being that person who understands what the average person, um, man and woman, is going through to try to, to be a homeowner. And so for the Liberals to try to paint him as someone who isn't for the average person, uh, it's not... It's not resonating, um, and 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 it it again is just coming off a little bit as as a little bit desperate that liberals will do anything. They're trying to find that aha moment that they've been successful in finding in the last three campaigns. Uh, you know they've been able to do that to our uh, previous leaders, to previous PC leaders, um, and so and they're throwing everything they possibly can at now at Doug Ford trying to do the same thing, seeing if something will stick. And, you know, for, uh, frankly, for a party that says oh, the, how much they hate attack ads and, oh, Doug Ford is such a bully, um, they sure do a good job of putting out their own attack ads, don't they? Um, let's go to the other uh, side of this equation, the Hydro One board saying that uh, they will uh, have another look at the compensation. Uh, this comes uh, after a prodding from the Liberal government, but it was, again, uh, Doug Ford who, uh, you know, went big on this idea. How do you think that's playing, Jerry? Well, just as I, 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 I don't think the green belt was a great area for, for Ford to kind of get into, uh, this issue is perfect for Doug Ford. Um, you know, you talk about Doug Ford being kind of a populist politician. Well, this is the absolute perfect populist issue for him to take on because everyone is already angry in this province about hydro rates. There's a lot of you know, simmering resentment about those uh, hikes in, in hydro prices. And all of a sudden, Ford can say, hey, look at, those, look at those guys who are running this operation. They're getting millions of dollars. They're making us pay a lot of money. We're, they're, they're forcing us into poverty to pay our heating bills. Well, they're making millions of dollars. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to fire them all. Right? This, this is his version of, of the drain the swamp line. And I think that's really going to sort of resonate really well with Ontario voters. So this, yeah, this is a great issue for Ford. And the fact that the Liberals are kind of buckling on this a little bit suggests to me that, yeah, their polling is telling them that Ford is scoring a lot of points with this. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> it does show how out of touch uh, Liberals are. I think they know they're in big trouble on this issue. And they're, you know, sort of trying to, uh, trying to walk it back. Uh, but, uh, you know, it would, it uh, just, it won't work um, you know, Ontarians are saying, voters are saying, look, 
you've uh, you've been in charge here for 15 years, and now you you know now you're taking action. So, you know, the Hydro One has this secret backroom vote back in November to increase their compensation and severance packages. Um, it only it only adds to the outrage that that people feel and that. Doug Ford is tapping into. So when he says, yeah, we've got to get rid of this $6 million man, um, you know, uh, it, it's, you know, he, when he's not even, he, he, he's, he's, he needs to say so little, really, because the, the argument's made for him. You know, people find out that, that the C, CEO of Hydro-Quebec uh, gets paid $540,000 to do the same job as, you know, Ontario's $6 million man. And, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, uh, Doug Ford doesn't have to do much to fan that outrage. Okay, I am going to uh, bring in Patrick Gossage, speaking of liberals, uh, former <laughs> press secretary to the original Trudeau. Uh, hi, Patrick. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm listening and I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> You've uh, got nickels on, my God. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's good to have a couple of grays on instead of all these young people, you know. But anyway, I love young people. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay, so, Patrick, from your perspective, uh, mm. this business about his comments on the Oak Ridge's moraine, the fact that it, it wasn't, you know, something that he came out and made an announcement with. It was a private meeting with developers. He was caught on cell phone video. Uh, was this a mistake, a big mistake? Well, I think, you know, it shows, I mean, not that, not that I kind of agree with Nichols. It doesn't really matter uh, whether he's well-briefed or not. He certainly wasn't well-briefed on land policy in Ontario when he made that comment, because there's lots of land still available. I mean, I live in the 905, and there's tons of development still going on. There's lots of land left, and, and for him to say that this is going to lower the price of single-family dwellings is nonsense, you know. Well, yeah, and that's another... In a way, it doesn't matter, you know, because, uh, you know, it's it sort of, you know, here we have all this land sitting idle for God knows what. I'm sure that the average Ontarian thinks, why, you know, why have we got all this land? sitting around and you know if he says it's going to it could uh, you know reduce the price of houses you know there are going to be a bunch of people that believe him you know so i mean you know being being ill-informed doesn't seem to matter for ford you know it's it's bizarre you know well, what, just, just a minute let me may, may i jump in here uh that's one of the things that i noticed because i'm thinking well if you are going to be able to buy a home on the green belt I would think uh, you're going to pay a premium for that. <laughs> am I am I wrong, Jerry Nickel? Well, you know, if, if the funny thing is, once Ontario was all a green belt, right? Um, and once we started, you know, building cities and the suburbs started growing, people who are now uh, living in suburbs were once a green belt areas, is, is I guess what I'm trying to say, and they're happy. Um, and there are other people who want houses who may be looking at that green belt area, saying, "Boy, why can't we build a house there?" Um, so there's there's that, but I think sort of the the the, the sort of inbuilt uh, idea of a lot of people is green areas are nice. We want to keep those farmlands. We want to keep all that nice. I think that's kind of a sentiment that's in this province. And I think when and the liberals are going to try to say, aha, you see, 
Ford is a barbarian. You know, he's like the orcs yeah, the in, in Lord of the Rings. He's going to chop down all the trees. And I, this is part of an, a, an attempt to try to scare Ontarian voters. Because yeah. you know, I think Stella mentioned it. This is yeah. part of the liberal game plan yeah. is to sort of say, you know what? I know you don't like me. I know you don't like the liberal government. But Ford's even worse. Okay, and I think any opportunity they, they, they have to, to push that argument, they're going to do it. Okay, everybody hang on. I'm going to take a call from uh, Tony in Niagara, who's been waiting very patiently. Hi, Tony. Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, good. Yeah, I'm just at the bridge here, the Peace Bridge. Uh, I parked on the side here. Uh, whatever Ford is saying and doing, he's not doing it behind anybody's back. If people uh, will understand him, he's right 100%. We need new housing, affordable housing, and if the Liberals say no, then they should shut down the borders. Put a wall all around Canada to not let the new people come in. They're all coming in. We need new housing. It's that simple. Yeah, it's just a question of uh, opening up the green belt to uh, to developers is going to create affordable housing. But, yeah, Tony, yeah. thanks for your call. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's the question. Stella? So, you know what, and, and so I think Tony's point is really on that affordability issue that we've been talking about. And so, and I think, and that is the issue, no doubt, for, well, Pete Young, people, young people, but young and old alike, uh, you know, when you have to pay to live somewhere, uh, it's important. Uh, and it's, and it's, it can be challenging. But the reality is, I think, that we need to rethink or uh, what, Doug was, what Doug Ford was saying is that, you know, possibly even revisit how this is done and, and use common sense instead of political considerations. You know, if you look back at how the Green Belt was created, um, it was a lot of political pressure, donations, you know, throw in a couple of fundraising dinners uh, back 10, 12, 15 years ago, and, you know, boundaries suddenly changed based on those. Um, you know, that's not how it should be done. So if, you know, if we're looking at it from a common sense, case-by-case case, uh, basis, uh, I, I think Doug Ford's got a point. I mean, as long as what we're talking about uh, is sort of reasonable, modest proposals for changes or adding a few homes where there already is one, to, you know, the other thing is, too, let's be clear that just because it was labeled a green belt at one time doesn't mean that there aren't homes, there aren't existing homes there. So if there are places where there's infrastructure or if it's easy enough to add infrastructure without um, uh, affecting the environment, uh, you know, he's saying, look, I'm willing to look at that. And, and, you know, also the important thing that the PCs are promising is that um, the green belt will remain conti- continuous. In other words, that whatever changes might be made, um, that it will never be uh, blocked off. It will always be one solid. Uh, you know, if you look at the at the at the at the map of it, um, that uh, you know yeah. we're not going to cut off rivers or waterways um, um, or animals to, uh, who have they'll not you know they won't have to stop at a wall of of housing development. Um, it will they'll have unrest- continue to have that unrestricted movement that we need to protect the environment. And okay, so- I'm going to take a call from uh, a caller who lives in the Greenbelt area. We've got Greg in King City. Hi, Greg. Hey, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? I'm real well, I'm as good as I ever get. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to listen to your show, 
because I am surrounded by large properties. I mean, I'm on 15 acres, but all my neighbors across the street, 75, uh, stone throw down the road, 200, they're all owned by developers. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you, nobody, and, and when I listen to people talk, I'm listening to people that don't live in this environment. So I guess what I'm saying is, I don't, you know what, what whatever Doug Ford is saying or um, anybody else is objecting to, you know, they should try living up here and see what it's like and then make your comments. But most of the people don't live here. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm still, so you're saying your neighbors are developers on very large properties, but what do you think of the comment that Doug Ford made? Is that a bad idea? Is it a good idea? Well, you know, actually, you and I have had a brief conversation uh, months and months ago when I said one of my daughters still lived at home and she can't afford a house. And uh, you said, go to the bank of mom and dad, which is a great idea. But, <laughs> but you know what? Um, I'm not sure what the right approach is. I just think the whole, the, the, the approach to the ideology of the green belt always seems to be, you know, argued by people who don't live in it. Okay, well, I'm asking you what, what your take on it is since you do live in it. You know, when my dad bought this, I bought this, this property from my family, and when my dad bought the property in the late 60s, the, um, the, uh, the King Township people said, oh, you know, it'll be about 10, 15 years before you can split it, because his idea was to split it for my brother and I, and then... 20 years ago, no, maybe never, maybe never, maybe never. But you know what? What's interesting is there are little parcels that get split and get sold for incredible amounts of money. High, incredibly high amounts of money? Oh, crazy amounts of money. Okay, and so then, so just know, a minute. Let me let me just jump in sure, there. Go, so, go. so the Doug Ford comment that this is going to make affordable housing isn't exactly on the right track. Well, only if... You know, I, I, these are small parcels. Like, I'm talking about six, ten, you know, houses. Uh, you know, what might happen if 200 houses go in or 500? I don't know. At the end of the day, I always said, the day I wake up and when my, you know, developer neighbors, you know, do the, do the 75 acres they got across the street from me, um, I'm moving for sure, not because I've got anything against them, but just because I don't want to look at 70, you know, at that kind of development. But the point, the point is, you know, I mean, there's got to be something done. People can't afford it. I've had six houses in my life, and I've managed to pay for all of them. And the reality is, you know, i got kids that can't pay for theirs. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure I have an exact handle on where you're coming from, but uh, appreciate your perspective. Thanks a lot, Greg. Okay, th- thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Let, let me just add something there, because I'm in the 905. I'm in Aurora, and uh, I used to live in King, and he's absolutely right. I mean... The, the, fun, the strange thing is, is that most of the development in King on these on these uh, smaller parcels is very, very high end. And you know, there's a there's a there's an area on Young Street that was in the green belt that some developer managed to get the province's permission to build houses. These are not cheap houses. I mean, the kind of thing that that Doug Ford's talking about, he he's looking for multiple units. Uh, houses that you know, row houses and things like that, and these tend not to be the kind of houses that are built up here in the 905. There's not a lot of money in them, and there's lots of money in expensive houses still. Believe it or not, it's, it's incredible. So, I mean, I'm not sure that you know the the affordable housing argument works with 
the kind of development that's traditionally gone on in the 905. Okay, um, we've got to wrap the conversation up, uh, Estella. Bottom line, is this uh, controversy going to be forgotten tomorrow, or is it something that's going to continue throughout the campaign? Uh, I think it's going to be seen, frankly, as, um, uh, as I said earlier, liberals just uh, liberals really trying hard to uh, cover up their many mistakes, you know, cooking the books, this $5 billion in extra debt that they, the Auditor General identified that they're, you know, that they're covering up the five OPP investigations into their government that resulted in jail time for, you know, for a former, this, uh, you know, all of that. That's what all of this is all about. Okay. And Jerry, what's, uh, what's your take? A tempest in a teapot over this week or something that will continue? Well, I think the Liberals are going to do everything they can to make sure that this story has legs. They're going to keep talking about it. They're going to keep bashing it away as much as they can. And I think Ford's strategy is to kind of fight emotion with emotion. When they talk about him chopping down trees, he's got to say, you guys are you know, paying millions of dollars to Hydro One executives. He's got to get back on his message. Okay. Many thanks to Jerry Nichols, Stella Ambler, and Patrick Gossage. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have a good news story. Part of it is a good news story, and that is how the efforts and advocacy of one person in a community can lead to something good, even uh, if the thing that sparked it was something very bad. Uh, The numbers to call before we go, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And uh, when we come back, we will have the story of Laura Hayes and how she got a traffic light over the objections of the city's traffic department on the spot where her brother was killed. We'll have that when we come back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.